0: the people that I grew up with. Hmm. Um, I worked, when I was in high school, I worked at a canoe rental just outside of town. And the guy that I worked for was a former Marine. So you can imagine what that was that was like. Yeah. And he instilled toughness in us. He instilled discipline in us, um, even as a part-time job. You know, we were out picking up cigarette butts in the parking lot to make the parking lot look nice. And, and I think it goes back to those days Mm. of, you know, work hard, do the right thing and surrounding myself with people that, that were also disciplined.
1: Welcome to Authentic Conversations. I'm your host, Ryan James Miller, and I believe the way to freedom, fulfillment and success ultimately comes by living as the most authentic version of yourself. If you're ready to live the life you've dreamed of, you're in the right place. What up, everybody? Welcome to another episode of the podcast. I am so excited today. I have with me, a friend, a brother by the name of Scott Spate. Uh, Scott is a chaplain in the military. He is a leadership coach and trainer. And so we're going to dig into a a whole lot of that today. And uh, as you notice, right, this theme is just continuing on in the discussions that we're having around manhood and masculinity. And it's far less about um, here are the three, we, three ways to be more of a man, or here's how I built my business on, uh, uh, on manhood and masculinity and, and, and much more about the intricacies of men living the lives that they are and how those experiences have revealed to them the opportunities that they do to live the life that God has called them to as a man in the world today. Uh, Clearly, Scott's going to have some uh, uh, very interesting and unique perspectives here, both because he's coaching, but then also because he is hands-on in some pretty challenging situation at times. So I'm excited for that. uh, But for now, Scott, Welcome, man. Thanks for joining me. Thank you, brother. Good to be on with you, man. It's good. It's good. All right. So uh, everybody gets uh, some version of the same question. I try to ask it a couple of different ways. Uh, but for you specifically, when I say manhood, masculinity, what, what comes to mind for you? How, how does that begin to flush out?
0: Yeah. So that's a, that is a great question. And I've kind of heard some of your other podcasts and some of the answers that have been giving you cheated. Um, You cheated. No, I, (laughs) I wouldn't say I cheated. I just studied up. Um, But I, you know, when it comes to, it's an interesting topic because I feel like um, we've, in some ways we've lost that idea of manhood and masculinity. And, and I think that we, 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 I was having this discussion with with one of my groups the other day and that um, we're, we're no longer raising kids to be resilient. We're no longer raising young men to be resilient and so anything that happens they're they're ready to quit. They're ready to fall down and just and just give up and you know interestingly enough when I was deployed back in 2020 I was deployed during COVID and so it was it was a very rough time and and I remember walking the track and um, one night after dinner and the uh, I was trying to decide what I wanted to do when I got back. And and the the word go boldly came to, to mind. And I, and the, the the verse from Genesis 12, uh, one where, where God told Abram to go to the land that he would show him. Mm. And when I think about masculinity, I think about <clears throat> God leading us down a path that we may not see it. We may not know where it is. But we've got to we've got to do that in a bold manner and be be men about it. And I just mm. think that that's that's where we are today. We've got to get back to teaching men, training men, coaching men, working with men to be bold, to be masculine, to be men. That's so, so good. right. OK, so.
1: Uh, when when you say that and particularly knowing that you are a brother in Christ and so you know that that's where root lies um so how how do you for yourself and and then i'm sure like this this also comes out in the work that you do but so how how do you learn this idea uh concept of resiliency because i agree i mean um Uh, there's just no other way to say it, other than like we are raising the generation of the softest and weakest that exists. And we point the finger at that generation saying it's their fault, when in reality it's our fault. Like it's our generation and the generation before us that whether we took the hands off the wheel or turned a blind eye or whatever, we are raising soft kids. Like there was a book, The Coddling of the American Mind, that was written a couple of years back. And I mean, it just it, it speaks to that. Anyway, so I agree with you. But like, how do you, as a man of God, looking to the word of God, uh, how, how do you begin to learn that idea of resiliency? Because I, I think that it's easy to say just like toughen up, have thick skin and continue to fight yeah. on. Um, but I, I think that's a lot. There's a lot more depth to it than that.
0: Yeah. So, you know, it's it's interesting because I, I agree with you. I think that we are raising and it's our generation and it's the generation the people that we went to school with. Um, you know, I'm, I'm 48 and it's like people that I went to school with and, and, you know, we weren't raised that way. Mm. I remember running track in high school and my track coach looking at me and and screaming on the workout days and telling us that, you know, we would, we would pass out before we died to so get up. <laughs> and, and, know, that was today kids, you know, they don't want to run, they just quit. And I see it in the military. The the buzzword in the military now for basic trainees is um, you know, I'm thinking about killing myself. And the minute they make that buzzword, they they let them call their mom and and come get them. Wait, and it, there's no and there's hold no on longer, a minute. that's
1: that that's like a a real thing in the sense that when they feel like they don't want to do it anymore, they can just they just pull that tr- that they pull that lever. Yep.
0: Yeah, oh my. Yeah. I mean, and part of it is because drill instructors are afraid to touch anybody. They're afraid mm. to say anything to anybody because, you know, they might get a, get a court case pulled against them. And it's, it's, it's ridiculous. We've, we've gotten away from, you know, back in the day, kids getting in trouble when judges saying go to jail or go to the military. Mm. And we're no longer raising, you know, it scares me to think about going to war with some of these kids scares me to death and Gosh. you know And when I think about you know when I think about my own I look for people like um like you people like Aaron Rod, uh, Aaron Aaron uh, um, Walker and my own father and my uncles those that you know have been through different things in their life and been through hell and they're they're like okay I'm gonna I'm gonna find a way and that's always kind of been my, been my mentality. Um, you know, that I'm going to land on my feet no matter what mm. it may not look, may not look very good. It may not look pretty, but I am going to land on my feet no matter what, what comes my way and uh, and bounce back. And and where does that level of confidence come from
1: that you will land on your feet?
0: Yeah. I think part of it is the people that I grew up with. Mm. Um, I worked when i was in high school i worked at a canoe rental just outside of town and the guy that i worked for was a former marine so you can imagine what that was that was like yeah and he instilled toughness in us he instilled discipline in us um even as a part-time job mm. you know we were out picking up cigarette butts in the parking lot to make the parking lot look nice and and i think it goes back to those days mm. of you know work hard do the right thing and surrounding myself with people that, that were also disciplined. And I think that's where it goes back to, for me, that, and I don't want to quit. Yeah. I don't want to give up. You know,
1: when, when you say that, um, uh, you know, if i knew now what i knew way back or if i if i knew then what i knew now uh, i i would have loved to have gone into the military into the navy attempted buds like that that whole idea of driving myself into the ground in order to try to become the best of the best like that the like the physical component is difficult but the mental game would just have been so much more unreal to experience and to try to overcome i would have loved that yeah. But when I was younger, when I was in my teens, maybe even early 20s, but definitely my teens, my dad was so strict. My dad was a cop. Um, I mean, it was just like he, he had the hand of steel. He dropped that hammer. You know, if we even rolled our eyes at something he said, we just got smacked across the side of the head. There was not even a warning yeah. coming. And uh, you know, when I went to work for him, he owned uh, later on after he retired he owned a, a an automotive air conditioning shop and we would have to go like inventory parts one by one and when I would you know clean the part the shop like if there was one corner that was dirty, you know he was like, do it again, do it again and I hated it and and so I wonder if I, I say all that because first of all, I'm sure so many people can resonate that are also in their you know 40s to some degree and oh. and, and had a father like that but Um, I wonder if part of the reason why we're in the position that we're in, though, is because most people that I grew up with hated that like I did. And so therefore, their decision was, I'm not going to be like that to my kids. So they swung completely in the other direction and were like, I want to kind of let my kids do their thing. And, And I want to want to let them experience life the way they, and then there's some wisdom in that, right? Like my dad did not do everything well, but I wonder if it was just such a hard swing that it created that.
0: Oh, absolutely. I, I, I think, you know, we want our, we want our kids to experience things that we didn't invite, mm-hmm. you know, and we want them to not experience things that we did experience. Yeah. But I, I, I think we've gone so far the, the opposite direction that it's, it's really tough to kind of get back into into alignment. And, yeah. You know, and I, I'm grateful as matter you know, I reached out to Jack, the guy that I worked for several months ago, and I just said, Hey, I'm grateful for what the discipline that you instilled. Yeah. I cussed mm-hmm. you behind your back, and I <laughs> did your but I, I am forever grateful because it, you know, it instilled discipline in me and, and that's, I still live that today. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Yeah. I
1: mean, for, for all the anger I had towards my dad, you know, for, for that and other things, um, every bit of good work ethic that I have is in some way because of my dad, like, yeah. uh, you know, I, I saw my dad still to this day, like my dad retired. Uh, he went on to be a contractor in the military and then retired from that. And, and he retired but then he just went back to work. He like, he always has to be doing something uh, because he, he loves to work. He loves to produce. He loves the discipline of getting up early and the structure and like he plays golf, but it's like, he's taking it serious and it's always about working on something. And, and I got that and I yeah. love my dad for that. So again, all these years later, now I think to myself, man, I, I didn't always love the way it happened, but I love what was instilled to me, you know, as the result.
0: Yeah. I, I was listening to, I was traveling back from South Carolina from my army unit the other day and I've I've been listening to uh, David Goggins. (laughs) um, You can't hurt me now. Mm -hmm. And you know, he's, he's a freaking beast. I mean, like, and and I love what he said in there. He's, you know, he says I'm going to find the most uncommon people to do the most uncommon thing. Mm -hmm. And while I'm not interested in going out and running you know, a marathon with a broken leg. Um, I love the fact that he's willing to push himself to be better and to, to always reach a new level. Yeah. You know, I, I wrote a book a couple of years ago called living your life in peak performance. And that's kind of what I talk about on that is that, Mm. you know, there's, there's, and I related it to like NFL football players and NBA basketball players, right. They, they perform at a high level Mm -hmm. or they used to, not, not so much anymore. Um, you know, even they have fa- kind of fallen into that, but I look at, you know, Michael Jordan and some of that crew back in the day that man, that was discipline. Yeah. You know, and I, I've read, um, uh, I can't think of his name now, but, um, I wrote a book about Michael Jordan and that crew and, and, and he, he talks about the fact that Michael would come out on the court and you either get played in my level or you get off my court.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, I I just, I think that we need to get somehow get back to that. If we're going to, if we're going to raise young men to be men and and men to be men. Yeah,
1: no, that, I mean, that's so good. I mean, when you talk about, you know, athletics, what what comes to mind for me being from Southern California is, um, you know, people are constantly comparing LeBron to Kobe or even Jordan, but let's just say to Kobe, because, you know, both, both played for the Lakers and, um, For me, LeBron will never hold a candle to Kobe because Kobe would go out there and play without a foot if he needed to. And there was time like he was playing with a torn MCL. He was playing brutally sick and nobody knew it most of the time until the game was over. And yet LeBron like stubs his toe and he's out for four days. You know, just there's just such a (laughs) difference. And so the character, forget the talent, the character is is so much different um, than it was then. Um, so that alter
0: Tim Grover, by the way, yeah, wrote that. Yeah. Yeah. which He's he's front row seat.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Performance coach for so many of those guys. I mean, he, he is right in the thick of it. Okay. So you, one of the jobs that you have is uh, in the military. And so you are a chaplain to them, but you're interacting with a lot of these guys on a regular basis. And so how are you seeing, um, them experience the challenges that they are and their, their fight to overcome them? Like, do you see the same themes in the military that you are in the world? I mean, I know you said earlier, like we're seeing people pull the plug so quickly, but what are you seeing there?
0: Yeah. So I'm, we've seen an uptick in, in suicides. We've seen an uptick in, uh, sexual assault, sexual harassment. We've seen an uptick in, um, mental health issues. And, you know, I I think it comes down to people aren't willing to put in the work. Mm. And, you know, it's one of the things that as a chaplain in the military, I've got complete confidentiality. So if a, if a soldier comes to me and says, anything doesn't matter what it is i i have to hold that confidentially unless they give me permission to share it it can be you know they're going to murder somebody or they're going to kill somebody or or commit suicide i can't tell anybody i can't do anything about it other than counsel them and you know one of the things um when i was on active duty orders the last few years that i saw was a continual of the young soldiers testing hot on on drugs drug screen you know Mm -hmm. coming in having been you know drunk on and you know getting DUIs and things like that and these are young kids that are 20 and 21 years old and ironically one of them recently committed suicide after he got out wow and just and it carries over from childhood and they bring this stuff into the military and then there's there's never been any true discipline Mm mm-hmm you know, growing up. So when they get to the military and there's a little bit of discipline, they don't know how to respond and they don't know how to be resilient. And, you know, it's, it's tough.
1: So, I mean, I mean, maybe this is going to be a little bit redundant with what we just talked about, but like what changed? Because even again, 15, 10, 10 years ago, maybe even um, you you were scared to go into the military because of the discipline you knew that was going to require. If you went in, you wouldn't so much as like, you know, again, roll an eye, bat an eyelash, um, you know, because of the fear. Of, yeah. of what those instructors would do, but what that did, I mean, I'm sure that there, there are bad stories. I've, I've heard them, but more than anything that like the biggest mess of a, a guy, a young kid would go into the military and come out more often than not shaped Different. so unbelievably well, right? Yeah. Disciplined, structured, motivated to make more of themselves than, than they were when they went in. So is it more that Structurally, the military has changed? Is it more that society has changed going in there? Like what, what do you see? Because I think this is this is helpful for people that are even just leading an organization. Like, how sure. do I adapt to what's going on?
0: I think it's a I think it's a combination of both. I think hmm. um recently there was a, a gentleman that that kind of attacked the Secretary of Defense about being more concerned about wokeism than he is about fighting wars. And I think there's a lot of truth in that. We're mm. we're more focused on gender identity and transgender and stupid shit um, than we are about fighting wars and training to be mentally disciplined and physically disciplined. And, you know, and, and it goes back to um, you know, soldiers and sailors and Marines coming in, they're wanting they're wanting to be treated with respect because their parents treated them with respect growing up. And so there's no more of this yelling and screaming when they get off the bus and 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 that kind of thing. And it's, um, you know, I think there's just there's fear of retaliation. You know, somebody files a complaint because they got yelled at and, you know, that that drill sergeant gets in trouble for for doing his job. Wow. And so I think it's a combination of both. I think the military has shifted to to be more in line with kind of what's going on in in our country. And then the Mm -hmm. kids are not coming in disciplined. That's not to say all of them. There's some really yeah. good good soldiers out there that um that I would definitely go to war with. But then there's a lot that, you know, and as a chaplain, I don't carry a weapon. So I've got, you know, I've got an assistant that's like my bodyguard. And I don't get to choose who that is. Oh. It's it's assigned to me. And so, you know, you, you're looking at going to war without a weapon and relying on somebody to have your back.
1: You must look at that guy. and Be like, dude, I got some questions for you. You Get your shit together. Are you hardcore?
0: Are you gonna? Will you pull the trigger? Yeah, (laughs) absolutely. I always want the guy that can, you know, that that can shoot a deer from 100 yards away. I'm like, can you? Can you kill a deer? (laughs) Oh man. Okay,
1: so. How, how is how is that work then uh, differ from or similar to the work you're doing? I'll just say out in the world, because you're also just doing leadership development and coaching outside of that. Um, and so so how how is that experience different from or similar to you know what you're experiencing there?
0: So a lot of the people that I work with in, in the civilian world are uh, typically a little bit older. They're, you know, 35 and up. Uh, every now and then I get a student that's a little bit younger than that but majority of them have been kind of in the workforce for a while Um, and one of the things that that I do with them is I get them prepared for board certification for chaplaincy Uh, another aspect is I go into organizations and I help with leadership coaching and so I work with the the administration and we kind of focus on um, a lot of John Maxwell's stuff that, that I use and so um but the the one thing that I always focus on with my students is that, you know, I'm looking for one degree of transformation. I'm not looking for you to make massive changes. I'm not looking for um, for massive growth, you know. And I always give, remind them: change is typically temporary. You you go to the gym for six weeks and you start to lose some weight and you start to see some muscle tone, and then then you quit going, and that change is turns back into fat and flat. And, and so I give the analogy of, of a, you know, flight the pilot files, a flight pack, um, plan and, and from say, uh, Charlotte, North Carolina to San Diego, if he veers one degree to the right, that plane stays on that trajectory, that plane is going to be end up in a completely different place. Mm. And I ask my students, give me one degree, give me one degree and stay on that trajectory and that's when they do that it kind of takes some pressure off to have massive transformation but it also starts them on a on a transformational path and you know i've seen people become better husbands better fathers better wives better mothers because of what we do and it's it's absolutely amazing to watch
1: okay so you're you're doing all this work um professionally personally your heart's in it how how have how have you grown? How have you changed as the result of all this work that you've done? As have you grown and changed as a business leader, as a husband, as a father? Like how has that stuff changed
0: for you? <clears throat> so that's a great question. Um and I'll take you back several years, a couple of years ago, um, you know, I was really on a path to really grow and, and stretch myself. And, um, one of the things that if I'm going to teach my students, I've got to constantly be growing myself and constantly be reading and constantly be going to courses because I've got, I've got students that have PhDs, mm. which is much higher education than I've got. And back during COVID when I was deployed during COVID, um, that I was involved in all the high level briefings that we were getting so I was involved in the Pentagon briefings with the, with the briefings with the president briefing you know all the these and I'm I'm getting intel about covid and what we have on the base and what medical and what we're going to do if if and it was interesting because I started having nightmares mm-hmm. And one of the nightmares was that um, we only had well had two ventilators on this base, for like 7000 people. And so you're hearing this stuff during the day and then it's kind of replaying at night. And, you know, and and I, so I began and that was the first time that I ever had a, an anxiety attack. And I began to realize that I've put so much pressure on my clients in the past that have had anxiety attacks just to get over it. And I suddenly realized that there's some things you can't just get over. You've got to work through. And that experience alone really it's, it's been a journey for two years, but that experience alone really helped me to kind of take the way I coach and the way I teach and the way I train to a whole nother level, because I experienced it myself. And it was, you know, it was, there was a point where I didn't know if I was coming home in a alive or in a body bag and you start to question things and you start to look at things a little bit different. If I do get home, what am I going to do different? Mm. How am I going to, how am I going to be different? And, and it really, that experience, it changed a couple of things for me. It changed the way I coach and the way I train, but it also changed the way I view life.
1: Mm
0: and it has made me stop and go okay i'm going to start taking a vacation i'm going to start spending time with my wife and my kids i'm going to start spending time doing things that i've avoided in the past because i was too busy working and too busy trying to make money and and doing all these other things and so it that that experience alone really really helped to transform me and to grow me
1: and why Um, Do you think that for you, like so many of us, did it take facing something so tragic, so hurtful um, for
0: you to finally wake up to this idea? I think it's it's two things, really, Ryan. I think it's one, we get tunnel vision about what we're doing and what we're working on. And we don't think that um, we. nobody knew or expected or thought that anything like that would happen. Yeah. you couldn't even dream that up. I mean, it's like something from a movie, right? Something Steven Spielberg might come up with. Yeah. I think the other side of it, and this is something that I really talked a lot about with my clients and my students, lacking self-awareness. Mm. I think we lack self-awareness just as individuals. Pastors lack self-awareness. Chaplains lack self-awareness. Individuals lack self-awareness. And I think that that is probably um, been the thing that's kept people from recognizing those things is because we just don't have that self-awareness of kind of what's going on around us and who, how, what we do affects other people.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, that, that, that's so good. I mean, I think that um, most men that I know would say that they're pretty self-aware and then you start to do some dissection and they are, damn near completely unaware of themselves. Um, Okay. So you, you, you had this awakening moment uh, season, you really invested into, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to refocus. I'm going to reprioritize. What are you doing now when it comes again? Because as much as like, um, I say this all the time. Um, I've had five or six pretty major, major life events. Every single one of them in and of themselves should have been enough for me to wake up and realize that I needed to make some serious changes. And and, and I did make some small changes. So I'm not going to say I never did, but it took, What I'm hoping is this last one um, (laughs) to to be the final, like, okay, no more, right? What the hell are you doing with your life? It's time to get your shit together. Um, And, and, and yet I'm not that ignorant. And so there's a good possibility that it's coming again. Uh, Recessions looming. What's that going to do to my business and us financially at home, some other pandemic, some other chaotic, like there's something. So, uh, and, and so I've been really mindful of kind of preparing for that. So for you, uh, what, what, how have you thought about the Like, we don't want to live in fear of what no. if, but at the same time, we need to be wise because if <laughs> they end up being reality. So what's that process
0: been like for you? So I'm, I'm like you, I've, I've, it's, it's always kind of in the back of my mind of what if, and that's it's always a question that I love to ask anybody is what if this, what if that, and so I've I've tried to start looking at, you know, what what do I need to do different and what do I need to be aware of? What do I need to be watching? What signs are there for, um, you know, something to kind of go south? And um, and so I'm just I think <clears throat> I've done a couple things. One, I've, I've started to be aware, but then I joined ISI. And surrounded myself with guys that are much smarter and much more successful than I am to help me think broader, help me think bigger, help me to think outside the box and to push me in areas that um, that I've never been pushed before. Mm. And that's really probably, you know, surrounding myself with with people that are smarter than me and and faster than me and better than me um, pushes me to to think differently. And I think that's probably been the biggest the biggest key. That,
1: that that that's so good. It's funny. I uh um I just recorded a episode with Aaron here a couple of weeks ago, and um so he shared the story. He shared it with us live. But you know he talks about uh, the financial transparency and the fact that uh, you can't ask advice from somebody else on what to do with your finances if they don't know the current state of your finances. And I ended up getting into that conversation with another friend. And I said, look at, I said, like the guys in my, in my group know my personal P and L not just like what i bring in but what i spend what's saved what's invested like full transparency yeah. and and you know we talked about how crazy that was and how you know abnormal that is especially for guys to open up about things like that um because there's just so much pride that's tied into it um but w- but one of the things for me that's so important about that is in, in in it you know it was kind of that thought was triggered when you said what you did was i had previous financial ruin Like we literally lost everything, but the clothes on our backs, house, cars, toys, everything. And, and that was on the back end of the 2008 recession. It took years for it to, to, to come to fruition. It wasn't until 2013 that it finally all came unglued, but it was literally because of that. Our financial abuse coupled with the recession. I should, I should clarify. And so this time around, like it's likely coming again, like the next 12, 18, 24 months, we're going to see a pretty big dent to the economy and it's going to hurt a lot of us. Um, I want to be in a better position. And so I have tried to do what I can to think about how I shore that up. But then to your point, then I put that out there to these guys to say, you know, my state of the state of my finances. Now you see what I'm doing from a, from a business standpoint to try and continue to bring business in When and if things start to happen, you are going to help be my guardrails to make sure that I'm making wise financial decisions, that I'm investing and taking risks when I may get fearful and need to take a risk. So I I think you're right. I think that, that, that I I love that you said, you know, first, you know, it was like, it was the self-awareness. So continuing to work on myself. So I know myself as good as possible, but as good as we think we know ourselves having that surrounded community, that's like, Hey like i may be smarter than you i may not but i have i have an objective opinion to bring into this conversation to help guide and then like right. the cherry on top i guess for me is because these are all christian brothers they're all going uh, to the Lord, uh, for their own wisdom. And so then God speaks through them to me sometimes. So then it's just that double dose of wisdom to help me guide and prepare forward. So I can't agree more. I just think it's such a great, great, um, investment to make and, 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 and really a protective mechanism, yeah. uh, for, for the unknown that's out there.
0: Well, we were, you know, we were designed to, to live in community. We were designed, um, you know, to, to be connected to other people and too often. And I love, I can't remember exactly how Aaron says it, but, you know, we weren't designed to live in isolation Mm -hmm. and, you know, he's got a a quote that he says all the time, but, but when we do that, we're basically saying, I know it all. I know what I'm doing. I know how to do it. And most of the time, we don't know what we're doing. Mm -hmm. We're just, we're, we're faking it until we make it. <clears throat> when, when we're transparent, and that's hard for us guys. Yeah. You know, when we're transparent about where we're at in our business, our finances, our marriage, our, our fatherhood, our, you know, everything in life. And that's what that's part of what this these groups are about. Yeah. Is breaking down those walls. Yeah. And it doesn't, you know, I tell my students all the time, the more vulnerable you are, the more you'll grow. Mm. And, you know, that's that's just so true. The The more vulnerable that you become, the more you'll, you'll grow because we're willing to, to let somebody else speak into our life that, um, that maybe God's speaking and, you know, through them. Mm. And so uh, you're, you're spot on. That That's
1: like, that's like the mic drop closer quote for you, man. It's like, I, I just, I, I love that. I, I love that you know, as we started and, you know, you talking about the, the investment you're making into other people and, you know, you're trying to, 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 to get into their lives, to help guide them and lead them. And it really is getting them to open up and be vulnerable. And I'm sure that you are, in some sense, you know, and as much as you can, being vulnerable with them about who you are, where you're at, where you've come from, what you're trying to do that really helps kind of lead and guide. And then all the way through to like, how do we prepare for whatever is ahead for us personally, professionally, spiritually, financially? And it really is like, get into a community of men that you can be vulnerable with and it's scary yeah. as hell and it's going to feel humiliating at times and shameful at times. But if you're in the right community, you will have guys around you that are going to support you so well. So I love that, you know, with vulnerability comes such growth. So I appreciate you, man. Thank you. It's, Absolutely. Just, it's great to be able to, to hear that. Um, Okay, so final question, uh, and and then we're, we're landing. Um, so as you think about, uh, and, and I really want to put this on you, uh, this question on you from a from a personal standpoint. So as it relates to your family, um, if you were to be a fly in the wall, listening to your family talk about you, your wife, um, what, what would you be most proud to hear?
0: I don't know that this is what they would say, but what I would love to hear them say is that um, dad was always present and he provided. Mm. I think it's always been the other way around. Dad provided, but he wasn't always present. Mm. And, and I really, you know, at the end of the day, what I would really love to hear them say is dad was there. Dad was at my games. Dad was at, um, was there to tuck me in at night. Dad was there, in the mornings, Dan was there, dead was present. And, uh, and that's, it's not something that, you know, you know, full transparency, it's not something I've always done. It's work has been my, my focus in the past and, and I'm, I'm working hard to turn that around. Mm. So, okay.
1: I've never done this before. This is, this is this is not a joke. This is not an exaggeration. There's somebody out there that's listened to 200 episodes of my podcast and never heard me do what I'm about to do, but I feel like this is the right time to do it. Uh, I want to pray for you for that right now. And I want, if there's an, anybody else out there, particularly you men, you fathers that are listening to this and you feel what Scott just said right now, like I know I need to provide for my family. It is the right thing to do. It is the godly and honorable thing to do, but I cannot do that in sacrifice of the presence that, that I am around them. So yeah. I'm gonna pray and then we're gonna close. It's crazy. I, I, it's funny, I just, I've I never it. done it, but I just I feel like it's the right thing to do. So cool. Father God, Uh, This is just uh, one of those moments where I feel like I didn't hear your voice. I I didn't, uh, it it was just this feeling, God, that I had that, so many men like Scott, like me, uh, are continuing to struggle to balance uh, the need, the desire to provide for our families, for their, for their very basic necessities, but God, for the things that they dream about, the vacations, the toys, the experiences, whatever it is, we want to give every bit of that to them. And I believe that that is the honorable thing to do. And at the same time, God, I think that it is easy for us to, to forget that our presence with them is more valuable than anything that we could have nothing at all, but be there for them. And I believe that that would go far, uh, would be far greater to them and far more valuable to them than any amount of money or any amount of stuff that we can give. So for Scott specifically, But for every single guy out there, myself included, would you, God, give us the wisdom and insight to to continue to provide well, but to be present. To show up for our kids, to show up for our wives, so that they would say that my dad did everything he could to provide for us, but he never did that without being present for us. We thank you, God, that we can call on you like this, that we can just pray in the middle of a podcast and you are listening confidently. I know you've heard every single word I've said. I pray God that you are going to answer prayers, that you would do that for Scott, that you would do that for me. And for every other man that's listening right now and needs to hear this, I pray it in Jesus name. Amen. 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 Scott, thank you so much. I appreciate the time. Like I said, so much insight, that little moment for me, not because I got to pray, but just because of what I feel like it produced was just amazing, so thank you for that. For you guys out there listening, If anything that Scott said struck a chord with you, something that interested you, I don't know, maybe you you, you have on your heart to want to be a chaplain in the military, um, reach out. We'll make sure to put his contact information to the show notes. You can connect with him that way. If you've got questions, thoughts, concerns for me, you always know where to find me. I appreciate your support, your encouragement, your feedback, whether it's positive or constructive. I am here for it all. Just make sure that as you continue to live the life that God has called you to, that you are doing your best to be authentic, to be happy and to be you in the moment. Thanks so much guys, talk to you soon. Thank you for joining me on this episode of Authentic Conversations. If you are ready to live the life you've dreamed of, I'm here to help. Head to ryanjamesmiller.com/podcast to begin your journey. And if this episode impacted you in any way, pay it forward by sharing it with someone you know. I'm Ryan James Miller and I'll see you next time on Authentic Conversations.